Hello and welcome to our LCI podcast here at Life Church. We're excited for this one. It's going to be a wonderful time. We're joined here in one place and one accord with Connections Pastor here at Life Church, Andrew Loring. It's nice to have you on. Thanks, bud. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm surprised it took so long to do a podcast with you because you're the most talkative person I know. <laughs> and what I want to be. You were you were you were actually in my uh, you were in my my sights for the first couple episodes because I was like I don't know how to host a podcast yet and I want someone that could really talk. So I'm thinking <laughs> Andrew. So I'm glad we finally got you on. I'll try to stay within the timetable. Yeah, <laughs> no, you'll do great. But uh, I thought it'd be cool to to kind of dive deep into a little bit of your history. Um, I know a little bit of it, but those viewers online might not know. Um, but how about we just give you a brief understanding of Andrew in about five, two, maybe one minute, and kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of what what who is Andrew Loring right now? Uh, and then we'll get into your past. Well, right now, Andrew right. Loring is a 37 year old father of four. I've been married for 13 years to my wife, Ashley. Uh-huh. Um, I am a mechanic, or I mean, let me say this. Brother Old always said this at Bible College. I am a preacher who happens to be a mechanic. <laughs> um, so I've been with Chrysler for uh, 17 years, um, and then I'm a Connections pastor here at the church, one of the associate pastors here with, uh, with, with here at Life Church. Okay. Uh, so in a very quick nutshell, that is basically who I am. Fisherman by trade. By hobby. By hobby. <laughs> By hobby. I went fishing this morning. I did not catch anything. My nine-year-old still outfishes me. So no. you know, fishing <laughs> is just the act of fishing. It's not necessarily you have to catch something, right? I guess you could say that. Yeah. So then if you do say that, then I, I fish a that lot. That makes me feel a lot better, actually, if we say that. <laughs> yeah, I don't catch anything all the time. <laughs> right, right. Well, I thought it'd be cool. Like I said, you kind of have a past uh, that you weren't raised up in this apostolic right. doctrine. Um, you know, I was, so I can't, I can't uh, uh, understand that side of it. So I'm even interested mm-hmm. in kind of that. Um, you know, obviously everyone has to come to a point where they accept Christ and, right. and a relationship with God. You know, you can't, you can't make it to heaven on the coattails of your parents. Right. So you have to have a personal, co- uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, co- uh, you know, being able to experience it for yourself. But with you not being raised necessarily in it, it's kind of eye-opening because there is a moment that was introduced to you. Right. Right. So let's kind of dive deep into that. So in, let's just say what, what faith, if any, were you raised in, in, in your household growing up? Catholicism. I grew up in a divorce household though. Um, but so I was baptized in secret by my dad. My mom mm. didn't know, like, this is like a lot of crazy stuff, but I was baptized in secret in the Catholic church when I was an infant. So they're really into, uh, infant baptizing and all that, which is fine, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, for the Catholics and, but I grew up Catholic. So I went through catechism, which is, um, basically when you, you receive your first sacraments throughout the church. And then I went, and that's when you're gosh, nine or 10 years old. And then I think when you're a little like a preteen, um, you're, uh, you're going into confirmation was when you could start receiving communion for the first time. Mm. Um, so I grew up Catholic whenever, now I say that because my mom and my stepdad did not go to church at all. Yeah. It was, it was strictly my dad and my grandma who were Catholic, and and that's where I got my faith from and got my first understanding of who God was was through basically my grandma. Okay, um, dad tried, but grandma was very big on uh, 
the Catholic faith and mm-hmm. teaching me my prayers. I, the Hail Mary. The, the, the first time I learned the Lord's Prayer was at Catholic Church. Um, and so I still remember the Catholic version of that. So sometimes I catch myself when I'm in our church, and I'm like, i got to say it the correct way. <laughs> so not, not the incorrect way, but just make sure I say it the way that you know, I've learned since you know, coming right. to this. But, but basically, I grew up Catholic until I was 18. And when I was 18, that's when I was introduced to this. Sure. And I, I guess that, that comes to the next the next point. What what point in your journey did you really, whether it's 18 or when you're experiencing it, what point did you kind of start questioning? I mean, have you always had questions in the back of your mind or was it kind of like uh, you just accepted it? As I've a, always loved God. Yeah. I've always had a desire to be close to God. Like growing up, my the best thing I could think of, whatever happened, is that I would be a monk. I'm not joking. Is that I could be a monk and I could be at a monastery. Mm. Confirmation is a two-year thing, so there's first-year confirmation, and then the second-year confirmation is when, like, you're confirmed into the church. So second-year confirmation as a group of, like, I don't know, 80 or 90 of us, we went to a monastery for a weekend, and I thought, this is great. Like, all these guys, man, they're just, like, all they have to worry about is praying and talking to God, and I thought that was just the greatest thing. But when I really got hungry is I really just I wanted a deep relationship with God. And I just wasn't receiving that in in the Catholic faith. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that I wasn't really plugged in. Mm. I went to church every Sunday because that's what I was supposed to do. Right. Um, I wasn't plugged in with any groups or anything like that. And so when I went to community college, I met um, my friend Christine Moreno, who's not then, but now she is. I mean, you interviewed her husband yeah. uh, back in December. and But she was the one that I introduced, I'm like, hey, like, my name's Andrew, what are you doing this weekend? And she's like, oh, I'm going to church. I'm like, oh, that's on Sunday. What are you doing Friday night? Oh, I'm going to church. I'm like, what are you doing on Saturday? I'm going to church. I'm like, what kind of church is this where you want right. to go to church all the time? And so that's when it like, okay, that's kind of what I'm looking for because I really want to go to a church where I'm active and I, maybe I can know more about God. And that was in 2003, January of 03. So I was 18 years old when I first walked into a Pentecostal church. So, yeah, <laughs> it's been a journey since then. So it's been 19 years since then. But Daniel Dross was my first my first service. So a good old Catholic boy walks into a, a, a Dross Brother Dross <laughs> service missionary from yeah. Mexico. I got tongues. I got talking in tongues, running the aisles, yeah. sh- all the things you don't do in Catholic church right. all at one service. And I... I was in a heavy metal, Metallica, Iron Maiden. I wore a puka shell necklace with a cross. I was a dork. I was a big old nerd. Sure. And I remember getting into, I liked how you said, sure, that was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I know people like that. (laughs) I know people like that. (laughs) So I remember after that, I say the whole service. And I remember telling my friend Christine, I said, um, she's like, what do you think? I'm like, I need to get into the car and think about what I just Mm. saw. Got into my truck, rolled the windows up, turned off. I was listening to Ronnie James Dio. I remember what it was. I turned it off and I'm like, what was that? <laughs> but there was something different. Right. I didn't think they were faking it. I think it was all, I thought that it was all real. And, and that's really, that was the moment where God was like, there's more to this than what you're experiencing right. was that after that service. So we have established that you kind of had this uh, experience, uh, the first time Pentecostal experience uh, in an apostolic church mm-hmm. uh, during the service of a brother Drost of all people. And I've been to a couple of his services. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And, uh, but he, uh, you're sitting there, you're sitting in your car. Now, when you started thinking about these things, uh, how did you feel growing up in a different religion 
Um, how, like, were there emotions involved? Like, was there guilt? Was there, uh, you know, sadness or an excitement to kind of learn something new? How were you, how were you feeling? How, if you could express so, that through words. So being Catholic and I knew if I was going to jump ship, you know, from the mm-hmm. Catholic faith, I was going to cause issues right? with my grandma and I love my grandma. Like, and I, and I loved her and I knew I was going to cause issues if I jump ship. So it was a process. Like I didn't just convert that day, you know, I didn't yeah. come over. Um, so that was in January. I got, I didn't make the decision. To, I was going to church crazy. Like I was going to church in Downey, uh, the Downey church in, in uh, Pastor Andy Grannis. I was going to that church on Wednesday nights, Friday nights and Sunday mornings. And then I would go to Catholic church still on Sunday nights because wow. I'm like, oh, that doesn't count. You know, like, yeah. I'm still Catholic, you know, I'm still trying to figure all this out. But it was Easter Sunday that year that I went to Pentecostal church on Sunday and we had a great service. And then I went to Catholic church that night. And to me, the reverence or people taking it seriously is when I realized like, this is not where I want to be. Mm. It's just, I was seeing people my own, they just weren't taking it serious. Right. And so that's what, that was the night that I just like, you know what, this isn't for me. And then it took me another month and a half until I got baptized in Jesus name. So I got baptized on June 15th, 2003 in Jesus name. And then I didn't get the Holy Ghost until the following Thursday um, at a at a youth revival in Whittier, California, at Brother Garcia's church at Word of Flame. Cool. And that's when I got the Holy Ghost for the first time. So when I got the Holy Ghost, super excited. Like right. it was, it's everything that people explained to me or tried to explain. You can't explain the Holy Ghost. You can't explain getting baptized in Jesus' name and and understanding all the sin that's washed away. I mean, I was 18 years old. I remember coming out of the waters on June 15, 2003, and I remember what it felt like to have all my sins washed away and realizing that I was never going to be the same, that I was going to have a different relationship with God than I'd ever had before. Right. And when I got the Holy Ghost the following week, it was just a restatement of what was going on the week before. Like, this is real. Mm. Like, this is not, I'm not faking this. I'm not faking what I'm feeling. I'm not faking right. the Holy Ghost. Like, this is all real. And I haven't looked back since. I've just been going on ever since. So the fact that I stand here 19 years later, a licensed minister within the organization and and on staff at a, at a thriving church, like it blows me away because I didn't see that 20 years ago. I don't know where I would be right now if I wasn't living the way that I'm living. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't know too much about Catholicism and stuff like that. I mean, I've learned what I've studied, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, you're the, the one... Uh, a post-Catholic person I've ever met that talks enough about it. Um, but it's it's something, it, it seems like it's almost a stark difference. Like there's a shocking difference. The dedication's there. Mm. Catholics are dedicated. And I think yeah, that's where a lot of my dedication comes. Like Catholics are dedicated to their faith. Like they mm-hmm. really are. Um, and so I, that came with me, my dedication. Sure. And, and they genuinely love God. Now, you know, obviously this is, I'm Pentecostal now. And so... To them, I left the faith, right? And I, you know, and I'm not understanding, or I misunderstood things. But you know, obviously, to me, I have a revelation of what the Word of God says about who God is, about baptism in Jesus' name, mm-hmm. about the Holy Ghost. I've received that revelation, mm-hmm. and and I can have these conversations with my family. My auntie, she's like my second mom. I love her to death, and we can have theological discussions. And she is a, a youth pastor for the Catholic Church mm. um, for many, many years. She has been or in youth or some, and now she teaches, she was, she has been teaching the adult um, classes for, for adults who have left or adults who want to come into the Catholic Church. 
Uh, she's been teaching those classes, but me and her can have discussions and I love her and right. she loves me Good. and she knows where I'm coming from and we can have those discussions. And I'm praying that obviously that she'll have a revelation and she's praying that I'll have a re-revelation <laughs> right. of where things are. <laughs> right. But I know that this to be true. Sure. I believe the Acts 2.38 message. I believe that I have to repent on a daily basis. I believe that you have to be baptized in Jesus' name. I re- believe that you have to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I believe all of those things. Right. I believe that the Holy Ghost is the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I can't fake that. I can't deny that when it mm-hmm. happens in a church service. I know it to be real. Right. It's not emotionalism. And so that's, I think, but going back to your original question, was it exciting or difficult? It was difficult telling my grandma, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I lived with her because I was living with my grandma and grandpa at the time. And she was like, mm, all right. And she thought, but she thought I was going to bring people over to have Bible studies and all. I'm like, no, grandma, I'm not going <laughs> to do that. I respect your house. Convert I love you. Yeah. But obviously I changed. I went right. from swearing and cussing. The guy that you see before, I mean, every other word was a cuss word. And I was telling horrible, disgusting jokes. And, mm-hmm. and But God took care of that. It wasn't somebody beating it out of me. It was the Holy Ghost came, Jesus entered into my life. And that was the big change is because before I didn't care. Mm. Now I cared. And right. now there was a difference that I wanted to be pleasing to God. And so God worked all that stuff out of me. Right. So I think for, for the viewer and the listener online, I think... What I would say is that everyone has to have that moment where it just clicks. And for you, I guess it was Easter, huh? Mm-hmm. When you when you went to both services. But when it clicks and you realize this is something you need to dive into, it can be a scary time because, like you said, you have family that believe differently. Right. You have whatever. Um, so how, like, what are some words of wisdom, someone who's experienced that transition, uh, for someone who is interested and learning more about the Acts 2.38 gospel and learning more about the truth uh, in the Word of God, but at the same time have hesitations um, f- moving away from something that they have held dear, even if maybe even if it isn't a faith. Maybe they never believed in God right. and they came to the point to where now they, they're starting to question it. What are some words of wisdom that you can relate to the viewer online? You're going out of your comfort level, obviously. You're mm-hmm. going out of your comfort zone. But if you genuinely want to have a relationship with God, I believe this to be true. God did not make this hard to understand. Right. God did not make his word hard to understand. I don't, I don't believe that to be true. I believe that when, when he was alive, the disciples understood what he was saying. And so I believe all of this to be true. So if, if they're hesitant, if they're hesitant, I can only think that that, that would be because you know, they're, again, you're leaving your comfort zone. Right. But I haven't looked back. Yeah. I haven't looked back. Now, I've, has it been like just, you know, fireworks the entire time? Absolutely not. I've had my ups. I've had my downs. Mm-hmm. But I get myself back up again, you know, and I keep moving forward. But I cannot think of a different life that I would want to live than I am now. And even if somebody's if somebody's watching right now and, like, you're like, whatever, like, this isn't for me and, like, you don't know what's going to happen, I said, well, that's fine. You're, I think that you're living a 50-50 chance. People out there are living a 50-50 lifestyle. If, if you're wrong or if you're right and I'm wrong, then I'm fine no matter what. If there really is no heaven and there really is no hell, then I'm fine, you know? But if I'm right and I do believe that there's a heaven, I do believe that there's a hell, and there are consequences for sin and there are consequences for my actions, I feel like I'm doing everything in my power to make it to heaven. 
And if I'm wrong, I wouldn't want to do it any differently. I enjoy not being addicted to alcohol or have, being an alcoholic. I enjoy not being addicted to drugs. I enjoy having love and joy in my, ho- mm-hmm. my life, in my household. Right. I wouldn't want to do it any differently. I love my life. I love the way I live my life, my lifestyle. I love my relationship with my wife. All of those things are great because of my relationship that I have with God. Right. And so if you're just like, I don't know if this is for me. I don't know how this could not be for you. Yeah. This joy unspeakable, this 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 thing I cannot describe. You can't describe it. It's something that's undescribable, and we want everybody to have it. Mm-hmm. And I feel 100% that it's within the truth that I know today, the revelation that I know today of Jesus Christ and him living inside of my life and me having my life revolve around him and not the other way around. I genuinely think that's what it is. So if you're curious or you're wondering if this is it, this is it. Right. I can't. I can't look back. Right. And I would say. I would say to this: if you are uh, hesitant because of you know the, the repercussions going down that journey that you feel are overbearing, I would say draw close to God and let God handle it. Because what happens is the closer you get to God, the more security you will feel. Right. And the more things just start working out. And so. You know, I, I wouldn't be so worried about oh I gotta change today, I gotta I gotta make oh, every throw goodness, everything no. out. Please but don't, I would say, please don't yeah, think that. <laughs> yeah, but what I would say what some people do think that right. they see religion and they say maybe from someone who doesn't even hasn't even believed in God, they see religion and they see, Oh, I have to do all these things. I would say work on your relationship with yeah. God. Find a place to pray. And I, I guarantee you, if you have a strong relationship with God, everything works out. It's God that handles things, and he has the power. So if you can connect closer to God, and you can find God through your worship, find God through your prayer, read the word of God, who is literally can speak wisdom into your life and, and security into your life, um, that, that, that handles a lot of things that you have to worry about. And something you said a few weeks ago, the Bible said that we were having our house, you, you said this, you mm-hmm. said, and, and, I'll, and I'm going to just kind of reiterate a little bit, but having the Holy Ghost is a help. Right, you said, and I, th- I thought that was like that was mind blowing for me. I've been this for twenty years. I'm like that was <laughs> that blew my mind. Like it was, but the Holy Ghost living inside of me is a help. I dress the way that I dress. I act the way that I act. I talk the way that I talk because I choose to. Right, and God has worked that into me. Nobody said you have to dress this way. You have to act this way. You have to, especially not here at this church. That we don't do that. God has worked that into me. I have love and I have grace and I have mercy for other people because God has worked love and grace and mercy into me. I did not change overnight. My purple right. shell necklace did not come off the day <laughs> I got baptized. It didn't. Yeah. My my language did not change overnight. Right. It was it was a process, process, but it was it was something I wanted to do, right. not something somebody told me I had to do. And I and I give credit to my pastor Randy Granis growing when I first got into it. He was just like Pastor Boffman, just incredibly loving guy and showed grace and showed mercy. I couldn't tell you how many times I did some dumb things when right. I first got into church, but he was loving towards me. He didn't beat me up about it. And, and and you're going to make mistakes, but the Bible says, for a just man falleth seven times and rises up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. So as long as you fall down, all you got to do is get back up. Right. It doesn't matter if you got 49 fall downs. As long as you got 49 get back ups, you're going to be fine. And that's, I know I'm not perfect. I know that I'm not going to be perfect. I know I'm going to mm-hmm. fail. I know... I'm, I'm going to fail my kids. I'm going to fail my wife. But as long as I can register, hey, I made a mistake, 
and I ask for forgiveness and I repent from that, God says I'm just. Right. So for those who are watching us and saying like, well, it's too hard or I have to make all these big changes, you really don't. God will work all that out. If you have, if you really have a desire to be pleasing to God and to be and just to please Him, God will work all that stuff out. You don't have yeah. to worry about it. Yeah, and I, I we we believe in holiness and we believe right. we believe that you know we are held to a higher standard as Christians. You know we don't need to be walking around living like the world, but at the same time, I do believe that you know when you begin to draw closer to god and you begin to have a stronger relationship with god and you begin to read the word of god you become more receptive to mm-hmm. what the word of god says exactly and so you know if someone comes into church you know straight from the you know their their sin and and, and their wickedness and their 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 i i'm not going to look at them and say you know because you didn't change your your, your way of life before you walked out these doors today you know, you can't have a relationship with God. Right. You know, it's it's more important to have a relationship with God and let God work on you, you know, than, you know, have someone, and that isn't life church. Right. So, but yeah, I just, I, I you know, I took a second to, to say that because there are people who look at, you know, this belief, any belief and, and any faith, and they just see the, you know, the, the legality of it and, and the, the standards and, the, and the whatever. Restrictions. Restrictions, yeah. that's the word, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I'm i never going to use the Word of God as a weapon of mass destruction. I'm going to use it as an opportunity to introduce God right. and let God do the thing. Right. He, he, he doesn't need our help to change someone else. He, he has the power to do it. Right. You know, he, he uses us to introduce him and he uses us to teach and preach and the word of God and to help them to understand it better. But it ultimately, it's you and your relationship with God that that re- really is going to change things. When you make a commitment to God and you say, God, I want to change, that's when things start changing. So anyways, I don't know where we got on that tangent. No, that was but, good. Okay. Well, I, I think we're going to slow it down here and, and kind of wrap it up. But is there one piece of uh, knowledge or advice you'd like to leave uh, here today to, to the viewer or listener online? If, if you are watching this and you're trying to figure out <clears throat> what your next step in life is as far as you, you have a genuine you, – you have a desire – to be close to God, you have a desire to be right, really, when it, and you want to be different from the world. Because I love people in the world, and I and I love people who don't understand us because I want them to understand this. But if you have a desire to to be, don't be afraid. Come on in, please come to Life Church <laughs> and visit us, and you're going to find a friendly place yeah. where we're not here to judge. We're not here to throw you under the railroad tra- under the bus or anything like that, but we're here to love you mm-hmm. and to help you through this process. And it is a process and we'll let God work those things out. If you have questions, we will do our best to right. answer those questions and to help you along the way, but we are not here to tell you how to live your life that this is a peaceful environment, a loving, safe environment to develop your walk with God. And if you have a desire, I 100% encourage you to come visit us here at Life Church because we would love to be a part of that process and love to have you a part of this family. Right, that's great. Yeah, Life Church is a great place to be, you know, and I'm not just biased. Neither <laughs> one of us are. You know, it's, it's true, though. Like, it's, it's, it's a loving, safe place that teaches truth, preaches truth, mm-hmm. preaches the Word of God, understands that discipleship and reaching the lost is 
100% our purpose, right. understands that the power of God is so present even in the lives of people who don't really feel like it is. God can work in people's lives, Absolutely. and he's willing to do it, and he's yeah. ready to do it, and he's waiting for people to take that step. Mm-hmm. So, you know, definitely. Well, thank you, Andrew. I appreciate really do it. appreciate it. It's, it's awesome. I'm f- glad we finally got you on. And <laughs> no uh, <laughs> that's, that was Glad to bad. be a part of it. Don't <laughs> worry. I'm just glad to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, Andrew. God bless you, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens from here. All right, my friend. Yeah. Thank you.